0: I'd like to call this meeting of the Woonsocket City Council to order for Monday, December 21st, 2020.
1: Roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Here. Sorry about that. Councilwoman Gonzalez?
2: Here.
1: Councilman Gillette? Here. Councilwoman Sierra? I do see you,
0: Councilwoman Sierra, if you can hear us. You can see me? Uh, I can see your name. But we couldn't okay, hear you.
3: Uh, Here. I, I just have a waiting symbol, so I wasn't sure if I was on, but I'm here. I'm present. Thank you. Councilman Thank you. Susie?
1: Here. Councilman Ward? Here. President Gender? Here. And
0: we do have a quorum. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you could please recite the prayer and the pledge.
1: God our Father, we ask that you send your blessing upon this city and upon this council. Guide us in our efforts, increase our motivation and strengthen our resolve to build a better community and ensure a brighter future for the city of Woonsocket. This we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Madam Clerk.
0: Agenda for Board of License Commissioners. 20LC
1: 26 application of BV liquor license by New England Authentic, Authentics Eats LLC doing business as Papageno 1750 Diamond Hill Road.
0: Motion to
4: approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman Ward.
0: Second, Susie. Seconded by Councilman Susie. Uh, Madam Clerk, I just have one question. Um, on the agenda, it says a BL license, and you said it was a BV license. Is there a difference? Or
1: Oh, I'm sorry. It's a BL. Okay. Yes.
0: So, Councilman Ward or Councilman Susi, that doesn't change your motion in second, does it? No. <clears throat> okay. Uh, are there any comments regarding this request? Uh, for those of you that weren't here, we did have a public hearing just prior to this meeting, and uh, Mr. Poria was in attendance uh, representing Papagino's, and he did say that this was to um, bring Papagino's to serving bottled, uh, little bottles of alcohol, uh, beer, and such, as opposed to kegs. Are there any other comments from any of the councilors? Hearing none, roll call, Madam
1: Clerk. Councilman Canoia. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez. Yes. Councilman Gillette.
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President
0: Jandren? Oh. Yes. And 20LC 20 26 is approved 7 to 0.
1: 20LC 30 application of BL liquor license by J&D Pizza and Restaurant 282 Menden Road.
6: Motion to approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman
0: Ward. Second. Sierra. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Any comments? Madam Clerk or actually solicitor I have one question. The current Liquor license holder um, has not, I believe, met their requirements for liquor license renewal. But this is a new application, so is is it uh, is the new applicant going to be required to meet all of the same regulations? Yes, absolutely. Every applicant is required to meet all the requirements of a liquor. So license. the clerk will not be presenting the liquor license until everything is met. Correct.
4: Everything I, is subject to the, the requirements of the license.
1: Okay. Council President, I do believe they have furnished all the requirements. Excellent. Thank you, Madam Clerk. You're welcome. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Jandun? Yes, and 20 LC 30
0: is approved 7 to 0.
1: 20 LC 31, application of first-class victory license by Cherry Fried Chicken and Grill Corp, 828 Diamond Hill Road.
0: Motion to approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman Ward. <clears throat> Second.
0: Seconded. Gillette. Seconded by Councilman Kenoyer and Councilman Gillette.
5: Comments?
1: Hearing none, roll call Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoyer? Yes. Councilman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette. Yes. Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward. Yes. President Gendron.
0: Yes. And twenty LC thirty one is approved seven to zero.
1: Twenty LC thirty two application of second class victualling license by Francesca's Foods, forty South Main Street.
7: Motion to approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second,
0: Sierra. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Uh, Any comments? Mr. President Gillette. Councilman Gillette. Uh, Mr.
6: City Solicitor, I have, uh, in the past, I remember something about limited hours, that uh, a licensee uh, would have to be open for a certain amount of hours per week in order to qualify uh, to have one of these licenses. Does that apply in this case?
4: Uh, which which case are you talking about? Which one? Which one? Twenty LC thirty two. LC
6: thirty two. Yeah. As you can see, it says hours of operation from four p.m. to nine p.m. It doesn't say how many days per week, or oh, just Thursday through Saturday.
1: So Thursday. Yes, Friday, but Saturday. Yeah. a second normally, class can only be six days anyway. They cannot open right. on a Sunday.
4: Right. He. he th- that's the maximum he could open. Correct. He could open less if he wanted to.
6: So just he can only open from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay, but that's not the question that I was asking. Years ago, uh, someone needed a license, and they weren't going to be opening for enough hours during the week in order to qualify to hold this particular type of license. The thing is, is I don't remember if it's this type of license or if it's another type of liquor license
4: yeah this is a second class victory license so there's no uh, liquor with I, this councilman yeah there's no liquor with this so um, okay I don't think that there's any um, minimal amount of hours you have to open but there's, there's, a, there's a limitation on how many hours you could open
1: is that correct okay. clerk yes it is
4: yeah. yeah there's no liquor associated here okay I'm all set
0: thank you councilman Gillette any other comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call Madam Clerk. Councilman
1: Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? He's muted. Okay. President Gendron? Yes. And 20 LC 32 is approved 7 to 0. 20 LC 34, Application of Licenses and Renewal of Licenses. Council President.
3: Councilwoman Sierra. I'd like to make a motion to approve the agenda for Board of Licensed Commissioners, Renewals, Quarterly Entertainment, Secondhand Dealer, and victualling First Class.
0: Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra. Second, Gillette. Seconded by Councilman Gillette. Are there any comments regarding this license renewals. Hearing none, roll call Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President
0: Gendron? Yes. In 20 LC 34 is approved 7 to 0. Approval and correction of the minutes from the meeting held December 7th and a special meeting held December 14th, 2020. Motion to approve as presented. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Are there any changes or corrections to be made? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Jandrin?
0: Yes. In twenty. Uh, the minutes from the meeting held December 7th and the special meeting held December 14th are approved as presented. Consent agenda. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra?
8: Second. Second Susi.
0: Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez and Councilman Susie. Uh, to receive the consent agenda as presented. Are there any items that to be taken up separately? Hearing none, roll call Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron?
0: Yes. And the consent agenda is approved as presented. Communications
1: from the Mayor. 20M10, a, a communication from Mayor, submit, submitting veto message on Ordinance twenty oh fifty eight pursuant to Chapter 4, Section 9 of the Woonsocket Home Rule Charter.
9: Council President, Councilman I make, I, make I make a motion to accept the Mayor's communication, 20M10, for discussion purposes. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second.
0: Seconded by Councilman Ward to receive... The mayor's uh, communication. Comments on the mayor's communication.
7: Council President.
0: Do we, well, let me ask you this: for, Do we have to receive it, Solicitor?
4: Yes. Or can we, have to be can we act on
0: the motion? We have a motion and a second to receive it. Do we have to? Can we act on it? Talk about it now, or do we have to have a roll call vote to accept it? Have a roll call vote to to accept
4: the 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 message of the mayor. And then you could you could make a motion to uh,
0: disapprove or not approve, and then you could have a conversation on that. Okay, Madam Clerk, we have a motion made by Councilman Knoyer to receive and uh, seconded by Councilman Ward, I'll do a roll call on the receiving for discussion purposes.
1: Councilman Canoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward?
5: Yes.
0: President Jackson? Okay. Yes. Now 20M10 is before us. Councilman Ward, you would...
7: Had- uh, well, what time is it appropriate to make... You're muted, Councilman. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, at what point does it become appropriate to make the motion to override the veto? Is it now before we... Now- even- now that would be the time. You can make the motion. Someone can second it, and
4: then you could have discussion like you do. All already.
7: right. Well, notwithstanding the mayor's message, I make a motion to override the mayor's veto regarding Ordinance Twenty O Fifty Eight. Motion
0: made by Councilman Ward. Second. Second, second by Councilman Knoyer. To override the mayor's veto. Comments?
7: Council President.
0: Councilman Ward. Um, I...
7: I'm amazed we've come to this point. Uh Frankly, I don't understand why it ever happened to begin with, going all the way back to July of 19, when all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, the city clerk no longer had a parking space behind City Hall, uh, where um, Andrea Bickey had one, uh, Pauline Payer had one for all of her term. I believe John Reynolds had one for all of his service as a city clerk. And even going back to Ernie LaFond, and I think by going back to Ernie LaFond, I'm probably in the 60s. um, And in every case, they have had the privilege of parking at a convenient spot because of their hours of work and their position in the city government. Um, I, I think it's sad that we're having to actually take this action, but it has become necessary, and I will vote to override the mayor's veto of this ordinance. That could never have happened.
0: Thank you, Councilman Ward. Any other comments?
9: Council President, Councilman Kanoya. so I obviously I'll be voting to override the veto, and I echo Councilman Ward's sentiment. Um, I'm disappointed that we're even having to deal with this, uh, let alone having to deal with the veto. However, um, for me there's a there's a bright spot because um, although I found the veto message a little bit odd because it read like a press release with quotes. Um, I think it presents us an opportunity to address <clears throat> one of the issues that I think uh, causes quite a bit of controversy uh, between the council and the administration over the past several years. And specifically, I mean, we can have a discussion here about the, what I believe is a fundamental misunderstanding of roles and authorities of the various branches of government as designed and set forth by the city charter. <clears throat> um, in the mayor's veto, uh, she argues that she must not stand idly by while the city council oversteps its authority. She suggests that the city council is meddling in employee administrative matters, meddling in the minutiae of the day-to-day operations of city government, um, attempting to unlawfully order the mayor to act on administrative matter. Further, she says um, the adoption of Ordinance Twenty-O Fifty-Eight is not included in the specifically enumerated powers that the city council has jurisdiction over. Uh, the city council exceeds its lawful authority, etc. Um, so to start, you know, in the fourth paragraph of, of the veto letter, the mayor refers to Chapter 4, Section 2 of the city charter, and she quotes, the mayor shall be the chief executive officer of the city and shall be responsible for the administration and management of all offices, departments, and agencies. But unfortunately, she puts a period after the word agencies and leaves out uh, a critical section which says except as otherwise provided by this charter. Um, and in fact, you have to go further, and you can start with the duties enumerated um, for the mayor. Yeah. And there's, what are they, one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine duties enumerated for the mayor, and uh, some of them are... It shall be the duty of the mayor to see that all laws and ordinances are enforced, um, to keep the council informed at all times concerning financial condition and needs of the city and other pertinent matters uh, relating to its administration, to recommend to the council such measures as they may consider necessary or expedient, to recommend to the council an annual budget, to present to the council a comprehensive annual report, etc., To make any study or investigation which is in the opinion may be for the best interest of the city of which may be ordered by the council by resolution and then finally to perform such other duties as may be required by him or her by ordinance or resolution of the council so the point is broadly speaking whether we like it or not whether we want to accept it or not you know most of the power and authority the city of Winsaka rests with the city council. And the the chief executive, the mayor, essentially recommends, makes recommendations, the council decides, and then the chief executive officer executes that which the council decides via ordinance or resolution. Um, and I know that's not exactly how some people view it, but that's that's the reality. I'll, this city charter from the city of Winsaka is not like, say, the, the city charter of Providence, where it gives a great deal of authority to the mayor. In fact, it's just the opposite. And I think it's because when they established, the in my opinion, when they established the, the charter for the city of Woonsocket, they wanted key decisions to be made by consensus, by more than one individual. And that's why they didn't give the, that authority to the mayor, whoever the mayor is. It's not personal to Mayor Baldelli-Hunt. It's just any mayor. Um, so, again... The mayor recommends, you know, they recommend measures they, they, they deem to be uh, necessary or expedient. They recommend something to the, con- uh, a, b- a budget to the council. Um, they can take up an investigation that needs to be ordered by the city council by resolution. And they need to perform other such duties as required by ordinance or resolution of the city council. It's not the other way around. Okay? Similarly, the mayor states in the sixth paragraph of her veto letter, which uh, that ordinance 2058 provides a designated parking space for the city clerk is not included in the specifically enumerated powers that the city council has jurisdiction over. Actually, if you, if you review the charter, it provides eight acts that require an ordinance, but that's not a limitation. Rather, it's a, it's a minimum. Those are the minimum actions that require a, uh, an ordinance. It doesn't limit us. It's just simply a list of, if you're going to do, at a minimum, if you do these eight things, you need an ordinance. But it's not, it doesn't limit you. Um, And in fact, if you read chapter 1, section 5, exercise of powers, all powers of the city shall be exercised in a manner prescribed by this charter, and this this part's important, or if not so prescribed, if not prescribed, if not listed, then in such manner as shall be provided by ordinance or resolution of the council. Not the mayor, but the council. So if it's not prescribed, if it's not listed, we're not limited. You can do it by ordinance or resolution. Moreover, section nine the enumeration of any particular power in this charter shall in no case be held to be exclusive. All such powers shall be construed as in addition and supplementary to the powers conferred in the general terms. So if you, but even if you stick to the to the, uh, to the eight uh, items that require an ordinance that are enumerated, um, you know, one of them is to grant a privilege or franchise. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're granting a privilege to the city clerk to park in a space behind city hall. Uh, another, another one is to fix compensation. And frankly, if you want to go down that path, we could turn this into something more than it needs to be, but... You know, providing a pocket space is is, is, a, is akin to compensation. Uh, we provide compensation takes many forms: salary, benefits, etc., including a pocket space if if we want to. Um, I would also note that item F is to re the city council by ordinance can reorganize any offices or departments. Some people would call that meddling, but that's what the charter calls for and allows the city council to do. So I think, you know, it's unfortunate that, again, that we're having this discussion. The city clerk is appointed by the city council, not by the mayor's office. Um, pursuant to the charter, the city clerk shall be the clerk of the council. So she's, she's – the, the clerk works at the direction of the city council. As Councilman Ward said, um, the clerk, whoever the clerk has been over the years, has had a designated parking space behind City Hall for decades, and for good reason. Because of the hours they work, uh, they work. They 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 they're required. Uh, they have mandatory attendance at council meetings that typically take take place after work hours. And yes, I realize other directors and so forth come come to the meetings, but the clerk has to be here. And typically, the clerk is the last person leaving the building after we all scurry out. Uh, granted, in normal times, right now we're not in the building. I, I appreciate that. Um, but it, may, it never made any sense. You know, the mayor said we should stick to policy and I would love to be able to do that. But I can't understand for the life of me how it was a good policy to take away a parking space that's been there for decades for a position, the city clerk, and give it to the police chief and the fire establish two, two spots for the police chief and fire chief who frankly don't even have an office in City Hall. They have their own offices at the police station, the fire station. And, you know, ultimately they're they can they can pretty much pop where they want uh, by virtue of their position. So I I don't know what the the policy was, for um, that supported taking away this 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 position. And I, I won't speculate. But um, nonetheless, I think um, obviously I'll be voting against this. And I think if um, the mayor read more carefully the the city chart, I think she would recognize and understand that in fact we have all the authority in the world. Um, and again, I'm going to read. Chapter 1, Section 5, Exercise of Powers, once again. All powers of the city shall be exercised in the manner prescribed by this charter, or if not so prescribed, then in such manner as shall be provided by ordinance or resolution of the council, coupled with the the mayor's duties uh, are to perform uh, duties as may be required by ordinance or resolution of the council. So, again, I wish we didn't have to spend as much time on this, but here we are. And um, I will obviously be voting not to override the veto. Thank you, Council President.
0: Thank you, Councilman Kenoyer. I just want to – I'm not going to repeat everything that you said because, um, like you said, it's unfortunate that we have to spend this much time on this at all. Um, But I I simply want to say I am very disappointed uh, that we've gotten to something that seems to be out of the policy playbook from the – Providence politicians where um, lack of uh, obedience loses you a parking space. And uh, I thought that Winsocket was better than that. I thought that the, um, the way we handled things in the city was at a much higher level than being petty enough to remove someone's parking space, which has been a long, as Councilman Ward pointed out, it's been a longstanding uh, policy that the city clerk has a designated parking space. This is nothing new. It's not something that we were trying to do. And I do think, um, because this will stand as record, um, in the mayor's uh, <coughs> notice that she wrote for the veto disapproval, um, I do want to clarify in the third paragraph, um, she not only says the council doesn't understand, the city council doesn't understand um, in her mind that the council does not understand the charter, but then goes on to say that it highlights the council, the, the solicitor, the council with SEL, the council's misunderstanding of the basic powers of the city council. And um, I think that the last thing that anyone should be doing is calling in the city clerks. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, city solicitors abilities and his understanding of the council's authority. The city solicitor is the final say in all things related to the charter. And um, I think it's wrong that she points out not only that she, in her mind, that the council, the city council, misunderstands, but the city solicitor also misunderstands. So um, I think it just demonstrates that uh, the misunderstanding, as Councilman Knoyer, uh has aptly pointed out, is actually falling on um, not, the city council and not the city solicitor, uh, but the mayor's understanding of our charter. Are there any other comments? President, uh, Councilwoman Gonzalez.
8: Right. I, uh, I want to echo the uh, sentiments of the uh, three councilors that spoke before me in that. Um, I can't believe an issue like this has taken this much time. Um, to resolve. However, I do want to say that, um, I, one of the questions that I kept going back to even in the last, uh, meeting, and I believe Councilor Susie was the first, I didn't hear a clear, um, uh, directive from our solicitor saying, that this was within our rights and I know I heard everything that councilman Knoyer has read but as we know a lot of these things um it, even in the charter um are um are tend to be interpreted in different ways I would like to see the um the legal interpretation you know from our solicitor about this specific issue so that we don't um take measures that might not be within our rights. I just would like to hear a clear interpretation from our solicitor. That would make me feel more confident in my vote. President. Solicitor, well, how are you?
4: Good, Mr. President, how are you? Good, thank uh, you. Well, I understand the Councilwoman's request, but as I have taken the position uh, since I got this position, uh, I act when it's clearly within my opinion to act. Uh, and I have a clear distinction of when to intercede into the council or the mayor's prerogatives. Uh, obviously, the way the charter is drawn up, uh, you need five votes to override a veto. And uh, unless those the, the, the vote is clearly illegal, uh, it's my position that I have two clients that have two different perspectives uh, and unless I feel as though one perspective is absolutely without question illegal, I allow the I allow the democratic process to take place, which is the votes. So uh, I don't have an illegal opinion on this uh, particular ordinance. Uh, so I think it's up to the council and the mayor to do as they deem appropriate.
3: Yeah, I, floor,
8: thought, I I've seen it since it's gone this far. I'm just hoping that you know, you know, I don't know that that a veto today would be a final say in all of this, and I would hate to see um, anything go further um, than what it is today um, when it comes to this specific topic.
0: I must say, I have to agree with you, Councilwoman. I, I hope that, uh, the mayor will follow the directive given as the charter, uh, dictates that she will do, and hopefully this won't go any further. But I, I have to agree with you. It's, it's unfortunate that it's going this far. Hopefully it ends, it finally comes to an end tonight. President. Uh, Councilwoman, are you all set?
8: Yeah, I just, it, it, to be honest with you, I'm still not even clear that it's within our rights. Okay. All set,
7: sir? President Gillette?
8: Councilman Ward? Uh,
0: Councilman Ward? Uh, actually, I
7: gone for the first time
0: I'm uh, sorry, Councilman Gillette, was that you? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
7: Yeah, thank you, Councilman
6: Ward, Council President. Uh, I'd like to read a segment of the uh, Mayor's message of disapproval. Part of it reads, the City Council is the legislative body of the city and lacks authority over administrative matters such as those relating to the day-to-day management of city employees and their work environment, which are deemed within the exclusive jurisdiction of the mayor. Uh, That, in my opinion, uh, is not totally correct. I believe with all other employees in the city of uh, Wonsai, the the, uh, mayor has jurisdiction through her department heads to handle employees except for the city council Uh, The city clerk is totally under the city council's jurisdiction. city council uh, hires a city clerk and uh, works for the city clerk, uh, works for the city council exclusively. And therefore, I I do not believe that uh, this message of disapproval is going to pass tonight, and I'm going to be one of the people voting against it and voting for the override because uh, the mayor has no jurisdiction. Jurisdiction over the
0: city clerk. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilman Gillette. Council President. Councilman Ward.
7: I'm glad Councilman Gillette brought up the point about um, the authority over the day-to-day operations of the city and over uh, oversight over what and how people do their jobs, when in fact, uh, truth be told, uh, every collective bargaining agreement in the city is, though it be negotiated through the administration, must be ratified by the council. Which essentially constitutes the um, performance responsibilities for the administration as well as the employees. So, in fact, we do have a high level of jurisdiction over the over the actions of our employees from day to day. And, and as Councilman Gillette points out, this particular appointment is an appointment of the council, a person who works directly for the council. We have two other positions that are within our legislative authority, where we appoint boards, that of the Board of Canvas Councilman Ward, we lost your feed. They manage the operations and they are independent of the
0: mayor's administration. So, Councilman Ward. I'm sorry, did I get a right out there? Yeah, you broke up. So if you can just mention okay. the name of the two boards and then you, we got the rest of it. All
7: right, it, it was the board of library trustees and the board of canvassers who have oversight and management responsibility for those two uh, offices and the employees within those offices. Um, so that being the case, um, just as my last point, uh, and to Councilwoman Gonzalez's uh, question, this this is going to be the 24th veto that this mayor has has uh, submitted to the council, and passing or overriding this veto tonight will be uh, the, the 19th time that a veto has been overridden. Um, there are clear differences of opinion, obviously, between how the mayor views the role of the council and its responsibilities and authority and how the council views its responsibilities and authority. And um, the tally sheet says that more often than not by a far large margin that uh, the council has felt it necessary to override the veto. And on the matter as ridiculous, frankly, as this one, um, I too will be voting to override the mayor's veto. And that will make us make it the 19th, veto override in, uh, since 2015.
0: Thank you, council president. Thank you. Council president. Councilwoman Sierra.
3: Um, I too would like to, uh, express my disappointment in this petty and sophomoric behavior, um, that has been brought to our table to vote on. It's such a waste of time. And as I said, it's, it's extremely sophomoric. So. I can I, I will obviously be voting in favor of overriding this veto, and I'm hoping that the the message that this council delivers is loud and clear that nobody is looking forward to two years of having to deal with issues so so petty such as this um, I, I speak for myself and I think I can speak on behalf of of my peers as well. Um, this is a terrible waste of time, and there's so many things that we need to address, that to sit here and go back and forth for 20 minutes on something like this is ridiculous. And I hope that this sends a message to the administration that this isn't something that we, we wish to be doing for the next two years. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilwoman.
3: Any other
9: comments?
6: Council President?
9: Yeah, uh, Councilman Kanoya. For the second time, unless somebody else is going, I apologize. No, yeah, I, I haven't seen anyone or heard anyone else. Okay. So, uh, two quick things. Uh, number one, um, just with respect to Councilwoman Gonzalez's concern, um, I think that the solicitor was pretty clear. Um, basically, what he said was he would let us know if we were doing something illegal, um, and he's he's obviously. By his by his, by his uh, silence, if you will, in terms of interjecting, uh, obviously we're on we're on good footing. Because again, if either the council or the mayor was doing something illegal, he uh, he would tell us. And as he said, we're going to get ready to vote here. And if the vote, what we're voting on, was illegal, he he would advise us as much. The second thing, more importantly, I just want to say for the record that uh, the Madam Clerk has never once mentioned this issue to me personally. I don't know if she's ever said anything to the other council members. I'll speak for myself. Um, she has never said a word about this uh, this situation to me ever. Um, this goes back to July of last year. Um, I put this ordinance in with some other folks uh, that, that were on the, uh, the co-sponsors, um, not because of any conversation I had with the clerk, but simply because it's the right thing to do, and it was the wrong thing to do to take away the the parking space, regardless of who the clerk was. So I just want to be really clear. Um, Ms. Duart has nothing to do with this at a personal level. Um, and she has been nothing but um, uh, professional in dealing with this um, this nonsense, uh, as far as I can tell uh, from, from beginning to end. So I just wanted to, I wanted to make that clear. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Councilman Kenoyer. Any other comments?
8: One more coming. Sorry, Councilwoman Gonzalez. Um, I I do want to say that um, our city clerk's safety is, you know, of utmost importance. And I do um, get all that stuff. I think that this has um, hasn't even become as much about the actual parking spot. Um, it, when I hear, even with the solicitor um, just finished saying yes, he will tell us if we are. Um, acting outside of our um our guidelines but um he also represents you know the mayor and this veto has come to our table so he he has a dual um uh interest in this so so i didn't necessarily hear you guys are good um uh but uh, but i do believe that you know this this has become more than just it's not as much about a parking spot but really defining the lines of what the charter allows you or or not Um, because hopefully a conversation about the safety of the clerk and and things like that can be handled you know a little bit differently where those parking spots aren't used all the time if you know at night in um, one of the Members who is the sign of whatever is not going to be in a meeting you know those things at their parking lots might be able to be used um the back might not be as safe you know to go to when we're walking out you know to the front so all these things can you know be discussed, and I think we would have reached a resolution sooner if it was specifically about parking spots, but I think it's more just. Laying down, you know, and that's, that's why I'm cautious. I'm trying to be more cautious about it. Not so much that I don't think that she deserves, you know, I think the work that she does is very valuable, uh, to our city. I just, um, I think this has become more of an issue than, than that. And that's where I'm a little bit hesitant.
0: Okay. Any other comments? Well, hearing none, I will just, uh, I want to close out with two quick comments. One, Councilman Connoyer, I will, um, confirm one of your comments that, Uh, the Madam Clerk has never spoken to me personally about the loss of her parking space. Um, at one point, uh, when I believed that the mayor was going to reinstate the parking space voluntarily, um, because of a discussion that I had had, I did that one time ask the clerk if, in fact, her spot had been returned to her, and I found out that it had not. So, um... Uh, the other thing, and the, the final comment that I'd like to make, is simply that um, this is not to be perceived as a drawing in a uh, line in the sand or uh, a division. Uh, I said when this council began, I extended an olive branch in hopes that there would be a better working environment and a um, collaboration between the administrative and the exec uh, the legislative branch um, and so that is what is ultimately uh, the biggest disappointment that something as simple as a parking place that has been a long-standing policy uh, was not simply reinstated after um, it was made clear that that was a mistake to take that long-standing parking space away. Uh, I still have every intention of working collaboratively, and this by no way uh, extends beyond this parking spot unless others view it that way. Uh, that is not what I'm acting on tonight. I am acting on uh, the right thing, and the right thing to do tonight is to reinstate the city clerk's parking space. When that happens, this is forgotten, and there is no line drawn in the sand. There's nothing more to this than getting the, the city clerk her parking space, which she deserves and is entitled to. And with that being said, I will ask for a roll call vote. Just to be clear, uh, voting tonight, when you're voting to override the veto, a vote of yes is an affirmative vote to override the veto. So if you are in agreement then you would be voting yes to override the veto.
1: Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya?
5: Yes to override.
1: Councilwoman Gonzalez? No to override. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie?
2: No to override.
1: Councilman Ward?
7: Yes to override.
1: President Jendren? Yes.
0: And the mayor's veto of ordinance, wait a minute. 20058. 58 is overridden by the city council on a five to two vote. Moving on to communications and
1: petitions. 20 CP16, request of Councilman Gillette to address the following item personnel short staffing. Councilman Gillette.
6: Thank you, Mr. President. Um, Mayor. Uh, the purpose for my putting this on a docket tonight was because uh, I was very concerned about your statement at the last city council meeting when you had uh, said that the shortage, well, you have a shortage of staff and therefore you may not be able to uphold the legislation that was passed that Councilman Ward had put through uh, at the last council meeting. And I was wondering if there's something the city council could do as far as helping you uh, to obtain the proper staff that, that uh, I think you need and that the council has, in fact, um, put in, in the budget uh, money to fulfill all of these parking places. Is there something we can do? Is there a special reason why you're short of staff?
0: Councilman Gillette, I'm not sure. I'm looking at the screen now. I don't know that the mayor is still with us. OK. No, I see. Um, uh, Mr. O'Connell, are you the city hall designee? I am. Chris Chamberlain. OK, so then the Councilman Gillette, the mayor is not with us.
6: OK, I'll have to wait for another time to get
0: my answer. Thank you. OK, thank you. And you're all set, Councilman Gillette. Yes. OK, moving on to ordinances. Past. Council President. Uh Councilwoman Sierra, I think.
3: Yes, it yes. is me. And in accordance with Rhode Island General Law 4246-6B, I wanted to make a motion to add uh, two agenda items for discussion purposes only. Okay. Uh, what are the two items? The first item I would like to discuss is the Resh Project. I'm hoping that Director Gibbs is on with us. I don't see Director Gibbs either. Is there anyone on from the administration that can answer some questions?
0: I think uh, Director Chamberlain is the one that's on. But what what are the two items you want to add? Let's get those added on so we can discuss them. Is anyone there?
10: Um, Direct I Chris Chamberlain. I'm sorry, it's cutting out.
0: Director Chamberlain is the only one that's there. Uh, Council President Gendron. Councilman uh, Director D'Agostino. Yes, I'm here as well. Okay. So, Councilwoman Sierra, what items would you like to add to the agenda for discussion? Councilwoman Sierra, if you can, can you hear us?
3: I can hear you. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, I can, we can hear you now. Um, what are the two items that you'd like to add to the agenda for discussion purposes?
3: Resh and Fifth Avenue School.
0: Okay. So, um, we have a motion. <laughs> seconded by Councilman Canoyer to add two items to the agenda. Uh, for discussion purposes only. Roll call,
1: Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President
0: Gendron? Yes. And Councilwoman Sierra, you, those two items can be discussed now.
3: Thank you. I'm not sure who's on from the administration. But I was looking for an update um, on the REST project. It's been kind of low-key. I haven't heard anything, and I would like to know if somebody from the administration can answer a couple questions, namely, um, where is the project right now, and do we have a purchase and sales signed?
0: So Director D'Agostino and Director Chamberlain are the only two from the administration on. I don't know if either of them can answer that question. Council
11: President, no, uh, no, I can answer that. Uh, I don't know either of those answers to those questions. Uh okay. Director Gids has been handling both.
0: Yes, no, we understand that. Um, so, Councilwoman Sierra, I don't know that anyone is here to answer your question.
3: Okay, so I'll just wait and I'll put it on the next agenda then. Okay. Um, so moving on to my, my second item, it's the Fifth Avenue School, and I just wanted to bring the public up to speed as well as my peers. Um, that project is now uh, 100% complete, and as of December 4th, well, actually at, prior to December 4th, 4, four of those market rate units were already um, rented prior to it even being listed. But the entire, the, the remains of the available units were listed as of December 1st. And there has been a very good showing that that property will be full in no time. And I also wanted people to know that that complete project has added an estimated 22000 to the tax rolls annually. Um, that's a complete project. And I wanted to let everybody know that.
0: Thanks. Well, thank you, Councilwoman Sierra. That is great news. And yes, I, it is. I think everyone will be uh, happy to know about that, and we can take a ride by and see what it looks like.
3: Yes, Mr. Tavernier would love to bring anyone through who wants to see the project. The, the work that's done there is, is absolutely fantastic, second to none. And the best part about it is it's all market rate, and he's paying taxes. Great.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that update. That's That's great news. Thank you. You're welcome. Those are the two items, then, Madam uh, Councilwoman.
3: That's it. Thanks.
0: <clears throat> Moving on now to ordinances passed for the first time, December seventh,
1: two thousand twenty. No fifty-six authorizing an amendment of the lease of Water Tower space to New singular Wireless PCS LLC.
0: Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Second. Kanoia, seconded by Councilman Susi. Comments? Hearing none. Roll call, Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Canoy. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Dandron. Yes. In
0: 20.056, is approved 7 to 0, second passage.
1: 20.059, granting a petition for a new joint poll for National Grid and Verizon on Ross Street. Motion to approved motion made by councilwoman Sierra seconded by councilman Canoyer comments hearing none roll call madam clerk councilman Canoyer yes councilwoman Gonzalez yes councilman Gillette yes councilwoman Sierra yes councilman Susie? yes councilman Ward yes president Gender yes and 20059 is approved 7 to 0 second passage Twenty oh sixty, granting a petition for a new joint poll for National Grid and Verizon on Woodland Road.
6: Motion
0: passed. Gillette.
1: Motion to approve. Councilman Gillette. Second.
0: Seconded. Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments. Hearing none. Roll call. Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Canoia. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez. Yes. Councilman Gillette. Yes. Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward. Yes. President Gendron. Yes, and twenty oh sixty is approved, seven to zero. Second passage. 2061, an amendment of chapter fifteen, entitled Parks and Recreation of the Code of Ordinances. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra.
7: Second.
1: Seconded by
0: Councilman
9: Ward. Comment. Mr.
7: Council President.
9: Up. Councilman Canoier. This is this is to provide parking in the parks. That's correct. For the winter. Is that a, is that an enumerated power of the council? I I think that would fall under one that
0: is not.
9: I withdraw correct. my question.
0: Thank you.
1: Any other comments?
9: No, that covers it all.
1: Okay. Roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Canoia. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez. Yes. Councilman Gillette. Yes. Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President gender Yes. And 20061 is approved,
0: 7 to 0. Second passage.
1: 20062, amend in the Code of Ordinances, City of Winsockwood Island, Chapter 2, entitled Administration.
0: Motion to approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second, Gillette. Seconded by Councilman
0: Gillette. Comments? Uh, Council President. Councilman Ward. Just by way of clarification,
7: and I know the concern expressed by the mayor uh um, regarding our uh asking a lot of extra work on the part of the directors and such um, my my and i have to admit if if you were to look at what is asked for um, beyond some basic statistical information for instance we just received the uh by email the uh, financial report from the finance director uh late last week Um, and and I have asked that that be part of a communication that would be part of our agenda and would be readily available for the public to scrutinize as well as members of the council after we get it by email, but then have it as a a formal receiving place on file. Um, But many of the other departments, you know, it it really is just asking for some statistical information or a very brief description of things that are going on. And I think Councilman Kenoyer mentioned um, that, you know, Director D'Agostino doesn't need to give us write a book every month, but it would be good to know that that there are certain streets being worked on, certain small projects. And quite frankly, Director D'Agostino pretty much does that now. We get a report on the progress over at the water treatment plant. We get reports on on odor control, and he tells us about many of the things that are going on in his department. It, it's nothing more than a simple communication, and I just want I just want to make sure nobody. It's exaggerates or over interprets what this is about. This is about giving the council and the public some very basic information about what's going on, whether it's in planning or the library or the police department. And, uh, like I said, things like police and fire will probably just be statistical data on the number of calls and what they represent. So I don't want, I don't want this to be interpreted to be more than it really is, which is just informational. At the simplest level to keep everybody up to date as to what's going on. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other comments?
1: Hearing none, roll Councilman call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Uh yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Sysi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron.
0: Yes, and 20062 is approved seven to zero. Second passage,
1: new ordinance 20063 authorizing the purchase of copy machines and enter into a maintenance service agreement.
2: Motion to accept. Uh, motion moved
0: by Councilman f- Susie
1: Second for discussion. Seconded by Councilman
0: Ward. Comments.
7: Um, Council President. Yeah. Councilman Ward. And and. Director Chamberlain, if you feel like stepping in and answering part of this, the, I did raise a question um, when I saw the copier list and the vendor selection off of the MPA, and I firmly believe in the MPA, um, but I, I have to go back to my own personal experience having attended a, uh, a meeting with the state purchasing office where they advised us that when there are multiple vendors within an MPA for a common product that are are Our purpose should be to recognize that the MPA is not a fixed price but is a guaranteed maximum price for products and that um, in the interest of finding the best price among those vendors who are available, we should solicit pricing from multiples of them, whether it be three or four or five or whatever seems prudent, in order to get the best price that they can offer, which generally will be less than the um the price that's listed in the NPA and and it's not it's not to be critical of the process but that is the process that I have tended to follow because for the most part I end up getting a better price than what's in the NPA and it doesn't require formal advertising it simply requires a list of specifications or requirements in this case say pages per minute for copying and various added features that could go on the copier for sorting and for other things and then asking for pricing based on those criteria from multiples of the vendors. I don't know whether that's been the process here. Um, and I know there are other issues that other council people have as to the, the particular timing of this and why it came after the budget process. But I, I would like if possible to do to that kind of information um fleshed out for us so we can know the process and whether or not vendors were solicited um, in order to get a better price maybe than what's in the MPA. Uh, just, a, just a piece of information concern I have. Thank you, Councilman. Um,
10: can I respond? What director, go ahead. Okay, so this particular vendor, um, from what I understand, reached out to us with a promotion. They are on the state MPA, The price that we have been offered is less than what was what is on the state MPA, and with every copier that we purchase, ten, which is ten, we get um, a desktop printer, also which are worth, um, I'm told, about three hundred and seventy-five dollars a piece, so that could fill, you know, a void where. You know, an office isn't close by to a copier, or for you know someone who's printing you know confidential documents, they will have a printer. Um, and they also receive good reviews from North Kingston and Westerly.
7: Um, I guess I'll respond with that's great to hear. Uh, I didn't, I don't, I didn't see anything indicating that they were running a sale or that there were free products coming with this. I didn't notice that in the request for the purchase that it actually would involve receiving additional items for free, which is, which is great. Um,
5: yeah.
7: and, and I, um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, and I will defer to other council members that I know have questions about the timing of this and, and the items that are being selected for replacement. Uh, I'll simply say that I know that I know that before I was reelected to the council back in 2018, when I briefly served on the board of canvassers, the manager of the board of canvassers even then was had repeatedly asked for copy or a copier replacement to be included in the budget, and it never was. And um, I don't know why that happens to be the case, and why it takes three years to end up being on somebody's budget as a request, but. Uh, I'll leave it to others. Thank you, Councilman. President.
0: Thank you, Mm -hmm. Councilman Ward. Director Chamberlain, I I would like to – when this came before before us on the agenda, I reached out to the city clerk because I knew we had just recently acquired a new copy machine for the city clerk's office. And uh, I asked her what process went into that uh, acquisition. And – I know that from information I saw, the uh, technology company that we employ was was uh, very much involved in that acquisition in setting up the parameters for features and uh, technical details of the equipment that we're purchasing. Um, I would like to see uh, a little bit more work done with the um, on the technical side with the vendor that we use for our technical services in the city and I think that this should go back out and uh, include the IT department to make sure that we're getting not only getting what we need but not getting more than we need and I think that somebody with his expertise is much better than having someone who reaches out to us um, to say that they can do something with with free products and Um, What I've learned in my years in business is that when you're getting something free, you're getting nothing free.
10: Um, Um, So Apex was involved in this process.
0: They were. So did they set the specifications for what we needed for all 10 copy machines?
10: I I believe so. Mike Mike O'Connell actually dealt with this company, so...
0: So he, he is, Mr. O'Connell, has been involved in the process of getting the specifications for these 10 copy machines? Yes. Okay. Any other copies President,
5: <coughs> yeah. President
6: Gillette, I'm not sure the finance person can hand, answer this question, but maybe someone can. What happens to the old copiers once we, we replace them? And secondly, are we replacing every one of them at City Hall?
10: There are 10 copiers. I think. Two of the ten are at the water department, but I can honestly say most of these copiers go back to Mayor Menard's administration. They have very old copiers. What happens to the uh, old copiers once we purchase the new ones? I don't know the answer to that question.
11: Uh, Councilman Gendron.
0: Yes, Council, Director Council President. Yes. Yeah, so
11: what we we'll, what we typically do is if a copier is still, uh, you know, it still functions, we could, uh, we typically store them, uh, and those that don't, uh, we discard. So we, or we'll put them down at the, uh, the waste facility in the electronic section for someone to, uh, to utilize or whatever.
5: Does that help counsel even?
6: No, if they're, Rather than bring them down there, are they saleable?
11: as I, as I said, uh, if, they, if they work and uh, the, uh, the mayor so chooses you know to sell them, um, then that's an option but uh, typically we would just store them for backup or whatever. so
6: now, I mean even the, the junk junk can be worth something sometimes and when we're talking taxpayers dollars, if we can get a few bucks for them. Maybe yeah. that would be worth looking looking
11: into. Sure. Well, that's something you can discuss with the mayor, and, uh, you know, you can have a second-hand sale or whatever. So.
6: Yeah, possibly.
11: Thank you, Mr. President.
10: Thank you. Um, I just I just got a message from Mike McConnell. Um, I don't know if he'll be calling in, but he said he did the walk through City Hall with the vendor. So he did have input into what was the best fit copier for the area.
0: So was was he involved in the solicitation of the, the bids?
10: I believe so, yeah. I mean, he. this is a state MPA, and like I said, he had told me they contacted him to... They contacted us, so with this promotion.
0: Right, but... It, how many solic- how, how many uh, vendors were solicited?
10: I don't know these. We didn't go out to bid. In other words, I mean okay. it wasn't bid. We were. This was a state MPA that we're using. And they did offer us a lower price than was actually on the state MPA.
0: But did you say Mr. O'Connell is calling in?
10: Um, he said he's walking the dogs and he's gonna try and call back. Call in, yeah.
0: Okay.
10: He wasn't at his, you know, computer right now, so
5: Okay, well
0: if he uh if he gets back before we finish this up or um hopefully he can call in. Okay. Oh, Council President. Councilman
9: Knoyer. So yeah, I I'm with you. I I'd like to get an understanding from Mr. O'Connell what exactly he did. Did he just show them around and point out the existing copies <laughs> that we have? And that was it? Or did he show them the existing copiers that we have and then do some type of an analysis to make sure we're optimizing what we need and not getting too much or too little, for that matter? So there's a difference between him just showing them around and saying, these are the copies we have, and that's the end of it, versus doing some type of analysis. But, but the other issue I have is, and this keeps happening with all due respect, um, you know, I'm hearing these, these copy machines go back to the Menard administration. I don't know why this stuff isn't put into the budget. Um, you know, charging contingency isn't how we should be doing this. And we we did this last year with the capital fund, with uh, vehicles for the inspection department, uh, vision software uh, for 127000 etc. et cetera. These type of things, the capital, capital spending items, need to go into the, the operating budget so that when we pass the budget in June, we get the full picture as opposed to coming in and tapping into either the contingency or reserves for things that, frankly, should have been in there. Um, so, you know, I'd like to know if there's other areas within the budget. I know that, you know, I think I think we've been without a building official for several months. Um, do we have savings there that we could utilize or some, some of it as opposed to taking the, the full amount from the contingency? Because I think, you know, in my mind, I think the contingency is going to be pretty much spoken for this year between the police contract, uh, the lower tax revenues, et cetera. So I'd like to get a better understanding if there are areas within the budget. And I, and I, and I just, you know, off the top of my head, I, I throw out, uh, I think Mr. Ward is no, hasn't been with us for a couple months now um, in the uh, uh, the building official uh, position, if there's savings there or elsewhere. Because, again, this stuff should be in the budget, not coming in after the fact. And I would also like to get a clearer understanding whether he, he calls in tonight or not, if, if he's able to. Um, uh, get a clear understanding from Mr. O'Connell uh, what he did, and is he is he comfortable that we're maximizing um, uh, maximizing our dollars and getting the best equipment? So, I mean, I don't mind making a motion to table for for a half hour, move on to something else, and then bring come back when Mr. O'Connell um, gets back. Let's let's do
0: that because I'd okay. like to hear from
9: yeah. you. Uh, you uh, problems problems?
7: before you do, if I could make a clarification statement. Sure. sure. Okay. Um, Two things. One is uh, just to clarify, as I, as you know, Director Trimble is pointing out, um, the MPA is there so that you can simply go to any particular vendor and ask for pricing of the products that you deem deem necessary to purchase for yourself, and you're not required to go out and get multiple quotes. And this, I would never suggest using the MPA to go out to a formal solicitation with, with advertising that wastes a lot of good money. Uh, the point is the MPA is there to, to make it simpler so that you can simply send a list of product requested to all of all or some of the vendors on the MPA authorized list and get the best price for the products you can that you need. Uh, the second statement I, wa- I want to make here uh, is to clarify a statement made by Director D'Agostino having to do with um, something to the effect of the mayor being able to simply sell anything that may be left in the office. After the fact, in fact, uh, in the Charter, Chapter 8, under purchasing um, and the duties of the purchasing agent is listed under Section 2D that the purchasing agent can transfer to or between offices, department or agencies surplus, obsolete, or unused materials um, and equipment and to sell any city property other than real estate as may be authorized by the council. So, in fact... If there is leftover copiers that are not taken for trade-in, and they would be sold, it would it would be something that once the solicitations are made for pricing and or bids offered to buy the equipment, it would require a resolution of the council to approve such a transaction. At least the way I read the chapter on purchasing in the city charter. Thank you, Council President. Thank
0: you, Council.
11: So, uh, Council President uh director dagger yeah yes. just to clarify uh that was in other words i was just you know tongue in cheek in other words the mayor would authorize that decision it not you know actually sell it so i just want to clarify that secondly i just contacted uh mr o'connell and i uh, directed him to call in so hopefully he calls in within a few minutes and he said that he would and uh, I want to apologize. He should have been on this call from the beginning, seeing that it was a, uh, a situation with copying machines. So if you could move on and possibly come back to this, that would be helpful. Maybe expedite this uh, process.
9: Okay. So,
5: President,
9: I think you were going to make a motion to table. I'll make a motion to table, uh, if you don't mind, 20.063 and 20.064. Uh, the companion uh, ordinance, the transfer funds until we uh, get a word with Mr. O'Connell. Thank you. Second motion uh,
0: made by Councilman Kanoya, seconded by Councilman suci to table twenty oh sixty-three and twenty oh sixty four roll call, Madam Clerk, on the table. Councilman Kanoya?
5: Yes. yes.
1: Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman
5: Dillette?
1: Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman suci Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron?
0: Yes. And 20063 and 64 are tabled, uh, temporarily. <laughs> New resolutions.
1: 200114, authorizing the tax assessor to establish due dates for motor vehicle excise tax for fiscal year commencing July 1st, 2020 and ending June 30th,
0: 2021. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Jim, second Gillette. By like. like Councilman Canoy and Councilman Gillette. Comments.
7: Council President. Councilman Ward. Just glad, just saying, glad to see the General Assembly did their job and they made it so so it's possible to send out a bill without having to change all the formulas, um, and we can get this taken care of and move along yes. the process.
5: Thank, Thank you. Me. Any other comments?
0: I will simply warn people that you will be receiving. A motor vehicle excise tax bill, which uh, some of you may have forgotten is coming, but it will be the one that was due uh originally due back in June. I mean I'm sorry, July of last year of this year. Um so it'll be coming and it'll have four equal payments um spread out over the next six months as opposed to a year. So uh any other comments?
7: Uh Council if- President. Councilman Ward? Just so people know, the dates that are indicated in this resolution, um, the quarterly installments are listing the January 26th for the first due date, March the 9th for the second quarterly payment, April the 27th for the third quarterly payment, and June the 15th for the 4th. And I should point out to people that um, we are statutorily required in state law that if we are going to offer installment payments, that it can only be done with four quarterly payments being the rule. Otherwise we probably would have come up with some better way to do this, but four quarters is required. And so the option for four payments is spread out over those dates.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Councilman any other comments? Hearing none, roll call,
1: Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie?
5: Yes.
1: Councilman Ward? Yes.
0: President Gendron? Yes. And 20R114 is approved 7 to 0.
1: 20R115 establishing the City Council schedule for calendar year 2021.
0: Motion to approve. Motion, Motion made by Councilman Second. Ward, seconded by Councilman Knoyer, I believe, or Councilman Gillette? Yep. Jim. Councilman Knoyer.
1: Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Canoia. Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 20R-115 is approved 7 to 0. 20R-116, assist in Market Square restaurants by assigning designated municipal parking lots for takeout or
7: pickups.
0: Motion to approve.
1: Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second.
0: Second. Seconded by Councilman Susi and Canoyer, I believe. President Gendron. Com- uh, comments, uh, Councilwoman Sierra.
3: Yes, I, I have a couple comments on this. Um, I'm a little confused. I, I can't really figure out um, the purpose of this piece of legislation at this point in time. Uh, I'm confused in that a it asks for designated parking spots for three restaurants in the market square area, um, two of which don't have issues. Um, Well, all of them, A, don't have issues right now because they don't have business. That's the, that's one of the biggest issues with this. I don't see people knocking down restaurant doors or even knocking down restaurant doors to get takeout. So the need for this piece of legislation at this point in time, is a little bit perplexing. Second to that, the three restaurants that are getting designated spots, we look at Old English Fish and Chip. They have parking in the rear, plenty of parking in the rear of their business as well in the front. They don't benefit from this piece of legislation. The second restaurant listed in here is River Falls. They also have parking available, private parking available at both of their entrances. So they certainly don't benefit from this piece of legislation. So I have to ask myself, who's really benefiting from this piece of legislation? It's one restaurant. And certainly I will vote in favor of it because I'm all about helping businesses, but I, ha- I have to shine a light on it and call it what it really is. Um, it's, it's not helping Market Square businesses they don't have any business right now. I would, I would have liked to have seen this done when the restaurants were full swing. No, no legislation was put forward to help them. There was no offer of additional parking and anywhere when the place was humming. The place is as dead as a doornail now. And this piece of legislation comes forward. It's just a little confusing to me or, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's real clear to me. Um, but I, of course will vote in favor of it because if it, if it helps, Christopher's um, to put a little money in their till, then so be it. But I, you kind of have to call it like it is, and it certainly isn't helping Yield English, and it certainly isn't helping River Falls. What what would help them is obviously passing legislation that gets business in their doors, lowering their taxes, and when they are busy, making sure that that the city does what they can to provide ample parking sp- parking for, for all the patrons of all the establishments. Um, with that said, I thank you very much. Thank you, Councilwoman.
0: Any other comments, Council President? Councilman Ward. Um, Councilwoman
7: Sierra raises a, uh, an interesting point, and it made it made me think back to the fact that in two thousand and ten, uh, the seven parking spaces located directly in front of the old English fish and chips restaurant prohibits parking for more than thirty minutes between the hours of nine a.m. and eight p.m. So that there is already a reserved seven spot group in front of the restaurant for people, um, generally considered used for takeout. Uh, I don't, I don't know where these additional four spaces would go. Um, and, um, as she points out, um, River Falls restaurant does have uh, quite a lot of available parking right in front of the building. Um, I guess designating for specific places for takeout purposes only would be helpful, and clearly, Christopher's could use the help in designating some spaces for people to uh, to do pickup of their orders. Um, so I'll be supporting it. I just I, I just don't know with the diminished activity and the diminished seating availability in these restaurants. I'm not sure that that parking lot at Market Square is tends to be so full anyway. But if it can make it convenient for them to process takeout orders with those people who will be dining in where it's legal doing so in other parking places then we should do that and make it convenient for all parties who are doing business with these organizations thank you
0: thank you i i, I must say i uh, i agree with my colleagues i want to support this because i think it it um has some some good benefits but I, I don't understand it and I am a little bit concerned. There's no parking plan. We don't know what four spaces will be uh, designated in front of each property. I do. I was on the council with Councilman Ward when we designated those seven spots in front of Old English. Um, if we do another four, uh, what are those four spots? Is it going to take spots away from the neighboring um hair salon and the uh, physical therapy place, so what is the impact we don't know what the four are, and the other thing is I think we're doing things like this. we reference covid nineteen and they we talk in the whereas is several times about covid nineteen has had a devastating effect, yet there's no time frame um when this will take place when it will expire and um I would hate to say that when business was was hopping in Market Square and all three restaurants were at their capacity having 12 spots sit idle will begin to be a problem for dine-in customers. So I I would like to see this um tabled and have a parking plan so we know what spots we're talking about as well as a time frame uh, that these four parking spaces will be, um, designated and, and reserved for pickup purposes only. So I will make a motion to table, uh, to get that information 20R116. Second. Second, Mr. President Seconded Gillette. By Councilman Ward and Councilman Gillette. Madam
1: Clerk, roll call on the tabling. Councilman Canoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette?
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 20R116 is
0: tabled to the next meeting.
1: 20R117 authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes.
0: Council President, motion to approve. Council, uh, motion made by Councilman Ward? Second, Jim. Seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Comments? Uh, Council President.
7: For the public's information, this is a clerical error that's being corrected where a tangible property valuation somehow get entered into our assessment system for over $1.3 million for the tangible property inside of Weight Watchers operation. In fact, it's significantly less. And so this abatement will be in the amount of $61,751.11 to bring it back to a number that's consistent with what it's always been for that operation.
9: Thank you, Council. Any other comment, Council President? Councilman Canoia, <clears throat> just a question for um, Director Chamberlain. If, uh, if you don't mind, the it says that there was a typo entering the assessment, and you know, typically I think of a typo. I hit a nine instead of a three on the on the keyboard. Was this? Was this when we say a typo? Was, does this mean that we had a piece of paper that had the wrong number? We keyed it in, or because I mean, this is a huge difference and, and the numbers aren't even close.
10: I, the I guess if the number was typed wrong in the system. That's the only information I have. It is a very big typo. Yeah. I agree. All right. I don't think they could. It was determined how, you know. Okay. That's how was the number? But
9: you're you're comfortable with the new assessment is the correct number, obviously.
7: Yes,
9: yes. All right. Thank you. Council Council President.
7: Councilman Ward. Um, Director Chamberlain, I I just would ask, and I don't know how they go about processing the entry of the tangible property numbers, because I know this is a self-reporting system where the the, uh, taxpayers themselves submit their asset schedules that then get valued and entered or scrutinized and then entered into the system. And so um, I don't know whether the the clerks are given a list of taxpayers and the amounts that are going to be entered or if they're given whole files or how they actually go about processing this. But the question does bring to mind the possibility that if if a clerk is given a list of the taxpayer uh, or taxpayer's account and the value to be entered into the tangible property assessed value, Um, The possibility would exist that the wrong line was used for this vendor, but that would then lend itself to the possibility that some other taxpayer may have a $65,000 assessment when, in fact, they really have a $1.3 million assessment that needs to be checked to see if there's somebody that might significantly be undervalued in terms of their assessment because somehow there was a – an accident in entering a line item from the wrong line. Just the thought that that may have okay,
10: that's, that's a good point. I will, um, I'll talk to the assessor about that tomorrow, to, just to be Thank sure.
12: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilman Ward. Any other comments? Director Chamberlain, I would um, just like to say I, I am very concerned when we um, – when we talk about a $1.4 million figure and the actual number was supposed to be 65,000, that's not even close to a hit. That is the biggest swing in a whiff that I've ever seen. Um, So I'm concerned because the uh, city assessor says his explanation is simply that it was a typo entering number, which, which we've all discussed. We know that. But, um, like Councilman Canoyer said, I mean Councilman Ward pointed out, uh it's something that we need to look at because if we're making errors this way, uh if we've made errors the other way, um we could be missing a lot of revenue, um revenue that could be used to pay for those copy machines that we're looking to purchase. So um this wasn't even close to a hit. So thank you, Director Camblin. And uh any other comments? Hearing none, roll
1: call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kinoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Mm -hmm. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And
0: 20R117 is approved, 7 to 0. 20R118,
1: authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes.
0: Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments?
7: Uh, Council President. Councilman Ward. Yes, this particular abatement is in the amount of $15,371.40. Apparently, uh, it was not noted that the Rite Aid store had been sold and was sitting empty, and so there were no tangible assets to be taxed sitting inside the building as there is no operation going on there, and so this needs to be corrected because the assessment should have read zero, and that will be the abatement here. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilman Ward. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Blair? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Dandan. Yes. And 20R118
0: is approved 7 to 0.
1: 20R119 authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes.
0: Motion to approve. Motion raised by Councilman Ward, seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments?
7: Council President.
0: Councilman Ward.
7: uh, Yes. The total abatement in this instance is $17,114.18 related to a property. Uh, that had actually changed hands in 2018, was still being assessed on a, on this taxpayer. Um, and I will simply, by way of asking the finance director to please verify this, but because the property was sold to another party, as indicated in the memo, that in fact the new owner, um, while we're approving this abatement, the new owner should have been taxed for, Whatever tangible property may be in that property for taxation, I would ask that you check that and verify that that's been the case because what we're abating here, as a correction, should be taxed to the owner of the property. But in this yeah, case,
10: yeah, it, it was taxed. There okay. was a recertification um,
7: okay. for 2019 and 2020. 2020. Okay, very good. Thank you. In that case, this. Uh, Seventeen thousand one fourteen eighteen um should be approved and thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Councilman Ward. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk.
1: Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Sipsi?
5: Yes. yes.
1: Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron.
0: Yes. And 20R 119 is approved 7 to 0. But I have a motion to remove from the table 20R uh, 20063
5: and 20064. So moved.
0: Motion. motion made by Councilman Kenoya, seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Madam Clerk, roll call. Councilman
3: Canoia. Yes. Councilman yes.
5: yes.
1: Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman
5: Susie?
2: Yes.
1: On board? Yes. President Denton?
0: Yes. And we are now have 20.063 before us. Council, uh, Mr. O'Connell, we had um, gotten into a discussion. I'll just try and bring you up to speed. Um, I had asked if um, the IT department was involved in the specifications and solicitation for bids for the uh, copy machines. Um, they Director Chamberlain had said you were involved, and I just we wanted to get clarification as to uh, the process that was taken. And I know I had spoken to the clerk, and she sent me information that was used when we acquired her copy machine for the city clerk's office, and if the same process was followed with um, this, these 10 copy machines.
12: First, I want to apologize for the poor timing, on walking my dogs. That's okay, um, but uh, yes, uh, so I went through City hall, uh, we went through city hall, water, um, and evaluated the current copy machines, the needs of the department, how they compared to the machines that were in place versus what would be needed on a future machine. Um, they all had the same standard features: network printing, staple sorting, fax machine, network scanning. And the differences were essentially mostly based on the number of pages per minute and the volume done by each department. Um, When we did the clerks last year, as you said, I know we got a number of responses back last year or two years ago. I think it was last year. Um, And for this one, Aztec was one of the companies that had submitted a response for that. Uh, And they, as far as I understand, approached the city with a pretty... Um, appealing promotion where I apologize for my eyes averting, but I'm looking at my other monitors, which have everything open. Um, they approached the city with a promotion that allowed the city to get uh, a number of 6,400, I believe, the 6,400 DW printers. Um, one would be included with each purchase or lease for the shop, excuse me, um, machines. And that's about the extent of it.
0: So how does this, um, is this, so is it a similar process to what we did with the clerks and are you comfortable with where we ended up for a number and? I,
12: I mean, copiers in my mind are pretty much commodities. Um, so I don't know that there's a ton of difference between many of the major brands. Uh, the process was a bit different again because from my understanding they, you know, across the city with this promotion. So that's kind of the draw that was
9: used for this one. Okay. Any other questions for Mr. O'Connor? Mr. O'Connor, it's Jim. Hey, Jim. So so just briefly, are you are we comfortable that what's proposed here, the 10 copies is is, is gives us what we need? I mean are we getting too much or too little uh, from your perspective? Are there other ways to optimize it or is this is this as good as it gets? And and that may be, if that's the case, fine. Yeah
12: speaking to the capabilities of the machine, I mean they match
9: the city's needs. That, I can say with confidence. Okay. Very good.
12: All right.
0: Any other questions? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk.
5: Yes.
1: Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Dendron? No. Twenty O
0: Sixty Three is approved six to one.
1: 20.064, transferring funds,
0: general funds. Make a motion? Yes. I'll make, make a motion. Motion, motion <laughs> made by Councilman Susie. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Comments. I'm going to start. I didn't support the purchase. I'm certainly not going to support the transfer. I think that this is more of what we have accepted as process and practicality and it is not the way that we should be doing business we're not talking about an unexpected boiler replacement which would be something that I would support taking from contingency Uh, we're also not talking about a breakdown that was not foreseen Uh, these copy machines some of them date back to 2009 this is not a surprise to anyone it should be included in the budget but I certainly uh, cannot support taking the money out of contingency. Um, we've got this thing going on that people may or may not be aware of. It's called COVID-19, the coronavirus, and it is hitting municipalities, businesses, states, and the federal government really hard. And we don't know yet what the impact is going to be. We're sending out motor vehicle tax bills to people, um that quite honestly, I bet you some of them aren't expecting those bills and we may see a very low collection rate and we may have to tap into the contingency uh, to supplement the uh, shortcomings in different areas. Um, so because there was not proper planning, I cannot find it uh, practical, responsible or reasonable to take the money out of contingency. Which quite honestly, the contingency account would not be as large as it was as it is now, if it wasn't for the city council, um, moving that money and causing uh, a lot of angst for doing that, and now we're tapping into it for an unexpected purchase. So I will not be supporting the transfer um, of money out of contingency. Uh, the money should be found. The purchase was approved, and I think the money needs to be found in the uh, respective business accounts. Any other comments? Can
10: I can I speak a minute, please, Chris Chamberlain? Director Chamberlain. Um, yeah. So when the budget um, was being approved and amended, um, it was. Keep, people kept saying well we're moving the money into contingency we'll put money into city capital, so when you need it, you can come to us and ask for it so that's what we're doing now. I mean we have six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in city capital, a million dollars in contingency, and i I mean that money what we were told was going to be there when we come to you and ask for it i mean we're asking for $51,000 with copiers.
0: Right, and director, director, tell me, did you anticipate when you had the discussion at the budget time, when, you said, when we told you that the money was being moved in your budget, we did not cut the budget total at all. We have simply moved money.
10: Was so any, you moved to contingency. Director, let
0: two. me finish, Director.
10: Did, oh, anybody,
0: did any of the money that we moved into contingency... Was any of that intended to be earmarked for those copy machines?
10: I honestly would have to go back and look at the amendments that were made. No.
0: And my point is just that when you're talking about copy machines that go back to 2009, this is something that could have easily been anticipated, and it should have been included in the budget. President. Councilman Susi.
2: Yeah, I agree. It should have been in the budget. There's, there's no question about that. But I do recall also that we did move monies to contingencies from certain departments. And, and I remember a couple of you guys saying that they'll come back to us and they can ask us for it and we'll, we'll vote for it then. And, uh, and that's what they're doing here. I mean, whether or not it should have been in the budget or not, I think that's something that, that Christine can look up and, and, and look back on. But I mean, if they're coming to us now, we had the money was put in, in contingency and, and, and it's something that's needed. I, I, I mean, what, what's the alternative? I mean, just, out of spite not to, not to fund something like this. I can't see that uh, being a practical thing to do.
0: Councilman Susie, please don't be condescending with something and saying it's out of I'm spite. I am not condescending. You, you, you said out of spite. This is far from out of spite. This is being a good, you listen, you were a yeah. businessman. You right. used to run a business. You didn't stockpile money and just Think about what you needed as the year went through. You budget appropriately. And, and, again, this isn't like a boiler that went bad and you didn't expect it to come up. That's what contingency is supposed to be. When we said we were moving it into contingency, I certainly anticipated it being for an unexpected emergency expense. And we've got this pandemic before us. So please, please yeah. do not say it's out of spite. You know,
2: and I agree that it should have been in the budget, uh, Dan. I'm a council president. There's no question about that. But we, this is before us, and it's. I mean, I, I don't feel it's frivolous. I think that they they need this. Whether it should have been in the budget is is a is a is a, is a concern. Uh, but it's before us. It's something that that's it, needed, and we do have the monies and in to take care of it. Yes, there are other needs coming up before us, absolutely. But I just can't see us denying something that like this that that's that, that's actually being requested and is needed. That's my point
3: okay council President councilwoman sierra um i I agree with you wholeheartedly on this i I don't have a problem if they need new copy machines. I get it, but to take it out of contingency i I too have an issue with that, and I would like to to put out there for the record just just because the administration comes and asks you know, for money to be transferred out of the contingency, that doesn't automatically mean it's a yes. It comes to the council for merit. Um, and I, I understand your your thought process in prioritizing this. We have some very big expenses coming up, huge, uh, due to the COVID virus. In my mind, the contingency budgets for things like when we have an unexpected five extra feet of snow, and director D'Agostino comes up and says he needs to, he he needs to put his men on the road, or we have a plow that breaks down, or or things of that nature. Um, copy machines, yeah. If, if you want them, take go ahead. But they but they should come out of your budget. They should come out of that department's budget. I I agree wholeheartedly with wholeheartedly with you on this one. Um, copy machines. I mean, this contract we had to know it was expiring. If we if we lease these machines, we had to know it was expiring. I don't understand why it wasn't figured in their budget accordingly. These are typically. I'm sorry. I who's that? Because I, I I didn't stop talking.
0: No, I think it was just an interference, Councilwoman.
10: I don't, oh, all right. Because
3: <laughs> I I was like, who's that? Um, again, it. it We we have leases on these machines, I believe. Most of these copying machines are leased for a 10-year period of time. So we should have known the leases were expiring, and it should have been part of uh, or even an anticipated budget. Like hey that you know we have these leases coming and due, and we think we're going to need new machines yada 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 and are they all expiring at the same time are all ten are all ten machines dead do they all need to be replaced can can we look at it a little more conservatively if there's you know a portion of them that definitely need to be replaced or do we have to package deal it like this there's a lot of um, there's still a lot of questions in my mind uh, and I do agree that this should have been. Part of their um, budget, and I don't think that they should expect a yes every single time that they come to the council. And I certainly don't think that it should be uh, termed spiteful. That's offensive and it's divisive. And I really, I thought that we were done with that. So yeah, I, I have to agree with the council president on that. Those words, those, those are those are fighting words. Those are hurtful words. And we're all adults. And those should be left outside. They have no place here anymore. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other comments, Council President? president. Um,
7: Just uh, the question about uh, budget adjustments and whether or not items such as these were included. If, uh, as I look back on the budget amendment that was proposed when we did the budget. Um, Pretty much the vast majority of it has to do with temporary clerical services and other labor accounts. Um, Some of it had to do with the benefits associated with the payroll charges, and some of it had to do with other matters. But I don't see anything in there that would have been affecting those things that are essentially office operational supplies or expenses or capital items that would would have been scheduled that, could have included something like these. Um, so I, I, as I said, when I served on the board of canvassers back prior to 2018 in that long ago time, the manager then was begging for a copier each year in her budget requests and was ignored. Um, and now all of a sudden it has to come out of contingency when it could have come before the council, in the last five budget years uh, for consideration with a replacement being taken care of. So I I will submit that I'm going to vote in opposition to this transfer with the expectation that a thorough analysis of existing accounts, especially those related to personnel vacancies that may have, that may create um, savings over the course of the year, and overtime accounts that may have been anticipated that are now being utilized and reimbursed uh, as COVID-related expenses through either FEMA and or some assurance from the state um, should be considered as sources for funding to be brought into these accounts in order that these be purchased with existing budgeted um, line items. So I'll be voting against this transfer in the hopes that something else can be worked out. Thank you.
0: Thank you councilman Ward any other
4: comments
1: council
0: president mr. Gillette. Oh, go ahead, Roger. Uh, mr. president I, w- I wish
6: you would have made your point uh, before we passed the resolution the ordinance uh, prior to this one you make an excellent point and uh, I commend you for bringing <clears throat> it up and I'm going to be voting with you and is it possible to change my vote on the last uh, on 2063?
0: There is an opportunity for somebody who is voting in. The affirmative. Yes, a reconsideration motion can come after we deal with this issue. We can we can take that up again, Councilman Gillette. Okay. Any other comments?
9: Council, <clears throat> Council Presidents, Jim. Councilman Knoyer. Uh So a couple of things. Uh, Councilman Ward is correct. Um, when well, we did the budget amendments, uh, there was nothing in here. copy machines we didn't take any money for copy machines put it into contingency and then say if you need it come and talk to us what we did do is we eliminated uh certain funds related to temporary services three positions three open positions that hadn't yet been filled um a couple other things and we said at the time we can have a discussion about these positions for temporary services and so forth in the future um Again, this 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 is not the first time this has happened. We did it, as I said earlier, we did it last year with the the vision uh, software and the uh, fire safety and the, the three vehicles for the the inspections department um, in the middle of the year that should have been in the budget. Um, it's not a matter of being spiteful. It's not a matter of mocking. It's not a matter of demonizing and the, the other words that seem to come up at every meeting now. Um, it's just a matter of doing things. Um, in a manner that, that, that makes sense <clears throat> and has a little bit of process and discipline to it. Um, as I indicated, uh, there's there's certainly a couple open positions uh, where there's potential savings, as uh, Councilman Ward indicated. Uh, we've, <clears throat> we've been getting some uh, reimbursements from FEMA um, for certain things. I don't have all the details in front of me, um, so I think uh, I'm happy to approve the, the machines at this point, but I think it's incumbent upon uh, the administration to find the funding within the within the dollars that they've been they've been allotted. Um, and I don't want to get into a heavy discussion about it at the moment, but I would suggest to you that the uh, the million the quote million dollar contingency we have uh, is pretty much spoken for. Uh, as I said uh, without going through a whole lot of detail, uh, we have the overtime for the fire department that happens each year. We know about that. Uh, we have a police contract that uh, we just approved that wasn't in the budget, um, and uh, we have uh, a few other things going on in connection with uh, with, with, the, with the finances of the city. Um, I don't want to overstate it, but as Councilman Gendron indicated, uh, we're just getting, out, just getting around to sending out tax bills uh, for the uh, motor vehicles, and um, my expectation is that the collection rate on that will be a little bit strained, if not, uh, if not a lot, certainly a little bit, but it, it'll add up as well as regular real estate taxes. Um, so, long way of saying, I'll be voting no on the uh, transfer, and um, we'll go from there.
8: Thank, Councilwoman.
9: Thank you. you any other? Councilwoman Gonzalez?
8: Yeah, I, um, I, we just finished. Um, voting on the machines and most of us voted yes, because we do see that as a need. I just wanna reiterate that I'm for getting these machines. I would hate to see us lose um, the deal that we're getting. It sounds like we got a pretty good deal and we also got extra um, machines that are gonna help in other areas in different departments. Um, I would hate to lose it. So it's just a matter of finding where the funds would come from And um, I don't think they necessarily have to come from the contingency fund, but I would like to see an effort to somehow find the resources to be able to complete this deal. Okay. Thank you. And Councilwoman Gonzalez
0: understand the two are completely independent of each other. Um, The purchase of the machines passed uh, six to one. So um, this is just, we're working just now on the finding the funds. Any other comments? Hearing none.
1: Roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Canoye, no. Councilwoman Gonzalez, no. Councilman Gillette, no. Councilwoman Sierra, no. Councilman Susi, yes. Councilman Ward, no. President Gendron?
0: no. In 20064, is defeated six to one. Council President. Councilman Ward. I note
7: there is no more business before us, and therefore, in this holiday season, I want to. Mr. President,
0: wait a minute, Councilman Wood. Um, I believe Councilman Gillette may want to have a reconsideration.
7: Oh, that's right. We did have a reconsideration question.
6: Councilman Gillette. President. Yes, I'd like to make a motion for a reconsideration vote on 20063.
0: Motion made by Councilman Gillette for reconsideration. Second. Seconded by. Jim. Councilman Kenoyer. Uh, I believe we go right to a vote. Is that correct?
4: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay. We have a motion made by Councilman Gillette, seconded by Councilman Kenoyer for reconsideration. Madam Clerk, if you could um, poll again for twenty oh Councilman
9: Uh Yes, in favor of twenty oh Councilwoman
1: Gonzalez? Yes. Okay. Councilman
4: Gillette?
7: No.
1: Councilwoman Sierra. Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman Ward. Uh, Yes. President
0: Denton. No. In twenty oh sixty three is approved by that pesky five to two vote once again. (laughs) Councilman Ward.
7: Unless there is another reconsideration motion before us. And this holiday season, uh, I think on behalf of everyone on this council, I want to wish everyone the happy, healthy, merriest of Christmases. And we, as we all pray for a great and prosperous and especially healthful 20, healthful 20 and 20, 2021, um, I will move that we adjourn this meeting.
0: Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilman Kanoya to adjourn this meeting. Roll call, Madam
9: Clerk.
3: Maria?
9: Yes, a Merry Christmas.
3: Councilman
1: Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Dillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie. Yes. Councilman,
5: Susi? yes.
1: Councilman Wood? yes. President Dandon. Yes.
0: And this meeting is adjourned with a very Merry Christmas to all. That's and this is adjourned at eight fifty five.